Once again, we're, uh, we're glad that you're able to join us tonight. And uh, we, are, we are celebrating uh, one of the most important, well, not one of the most, the most important events in all of history. It, it answered the question that people have been asking since there were people of, does God care? Did he, did he just create and, and sort of turn his back? Did he, did he sort of just get the, the ball spinning and then step back from it? Or is, is he actually involved? Does he, does he care about us as, as people? I'm sure some of you have, have struggled with that idea that if there is a God, isn't it weird to think that he would know my name? Isn't it weird to think with all the things that he has to do that he would care about what I want, about, about what, what's important to me? People have been debating that over and over and over again. And as you read through the scriptures, you can start in Genesis and work your way through. You, you see that that question isn't new. Because it's not only a personal thing. History and, and politics and, and violence and all of that plays a part in it too. And you start to, you start to wonder, God, where, where are you? Why, why does, why do bad things happen to good people? Why, why don't you stop the, the thing going on? Why, why, why do you allow things to continue to sort of spiral out of control? And, and as we read through the Old Testament, you get, this sort of resounding question over and over again as you work through the stories from, from Abraham to Moses to David to, to the, the kingdom and, and Solomon. Has God left us? Does he still hear? Well, I think Christmas answers that question, not only for the people that were asking it years ago, but for us. I, I would, guess that most of us have played with that question in our head. Where is he? Does he care? Does, does, does he take an interest in, in who I am? Does he take an interest in, in what's going on in our world? Or is he just sort of separated from it? Over the last few weeks, we've been working through Advent, as we talked about with the, the candles with the kids. And in that, we, we've talked about some themes about uh, what, what the birth of Christ brings for the world, the, the, the principles and the, the ideas behind that. And what I've been using is, is an old Christmas song, uh, Do You Hear What I Hear? Uh, said the night wind to the little lamb, do you hear what I hear? You, you recognize that song? Wow, you're good if you could recognize it off of that, because that wasn't very close. But we've been using, we've been using three verses from that song. One of them is, do you hear what I hear? The other one is, uh, do you see what I see? And do you know what I know? And tonight we're going to talk about, listen to what I say. Those are the four verses in the songs, and, and they lend themselves for us to talk about what God has done through this through this act of giving His Son, Jesus Christ. The first one, do you hear what I hear? What we, what we read that week was from the prophet Isaiah. A, a prophet that was speaking to those people that had that question we were just talking about. Does God care? 
If you remember, the Israelites were, were God's chosen people. He had promised them, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. People will come to know me through you. And yet they, they continued to struggle and they fell away and they lost their, their prominence in the ancient world. They lost their, their land. They lost everything. And the, and the people as a whole were saying, he, he doesn't care anymore. And in the midst of that, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. And upon his shoulders will rest all the government. And they shall call his name Mighty God, Almighty Counselor, Prince of Peace. What that reminded us of is that do you hear what I hear? What that was was a promise for hope. It was a promise that, that God had not forgotten us, that He had a plan. And it wasn't a plan He just came up with at the last minute. It wasn't as if He created the world, brought human beings into it and said, oh man, I screwed that up. I'm going to have to do something different. That's not what it was. In fact, the Scriptures tell us before He even created, before He even put light and darkness, earth and sea, birds and, and animals, before He did any of that, He had already decided how he was going to reconcile his creation back to him. And that prophet Isaiah, those words reminded us that God does remember us. That he does care about us. Then we talked about, do you know what I know? And part of what we talked about in that is, once you get to know God and once you understand that he loves you and once you understand that, that he has a plan for you, you start to understand that life can be different. That it doesn't take away the bad part, that you're still going to have pain, you're still going to have sorrow, there's still going to be things that life throws at you that you're not going to know how to deal with. But he has these two great gifts he gives us, peace and joy, that help us to overcome those. Peace, that 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 sense of calm in the midst of a storm, that, that sense that things are going to be all right even though all the evidence around us says, no, it's not. In fact, what Paul says in the New Testament is God's peace is the peace that passes all understanding. That it makes no sense that people should feel secure when, they're, when they get the, the note from the doctor saying, I'm sorry, you have cancer. That they, that they get the message that I'm sorry, your, your son or daughter has passed away. When the husband and wife split up, there's, there's no reason why they should have a peace, but, but that's what God does. He, he's able to, in the midst of chaos, provide a calm. It has to do with the hope. It has to do with His presence. It has to do with His power. But peace is part of that. And the other part of that is joy. That even when, when it seems like we should just bury our head in the sand and, and eat worms and, and feel sorry for ourselves, that we can have an inner joy. And that sounds so weird because we've turned joy into happiness, of thinking that it's just about always getting what we want. That, that it, your kids will do that over Christmas now. You've had your list. You've gone shopping. They know what they want and they're going to get it tomorrow and they're going to open it up and they're going to be happy for about 24 hours until they get bored and then they're going to want something else, right? 
And we never grew out of that, did we? Because we keep doing the same thing as adults. Oh, if I could just have this, if I could just have that, and we just keep finding that those things that we want so bad don't fill the need within us. But the joy that God gives, that that deep down sense of, of I'm okay. And not only am I okay, I'm okay, but I have a direction, I have a plan, I have a future. Joy is the other thing that God gives us. And then finally, last week, we talked about love. And the, the verse we used for that is, do you see what I see? And what we, what we centered on was the manger scene. That when God wanted to demonstrate just how powerful He is, just how important we were to Him, it didn't come in a, it didn't come in a public display. It didn't come with a clap of thunder. It came as a baby in a manger in a stable to a teenage mother to a, who was, who was betrothed to a, a guy who was with her but wasn't the father. I mean, it, it's an incredible story. And that's how God decided to show his love. And the reason we use, do you see what I see is because often in life, we have these expectations about how God should act and how he should show us he loves us and how he should answer our prayers. And then we get disappointed when that doesn't happen. But once we get to know God better, we, we start to understand that we've often seen God. In, th- in places and in circumstances, we never thought we could. In fact, if you're here tonight and you still are wrestling with that question, is there a God? Does He love me? Is He real? Does He interact? I, I would challenge you to go through your life. I would, I would challenge you to say, you, you've experienced Him. Some way, somehow in your life, you have experienced the power, the love of God. It's just you didn't think that was what God was about. Because our culture has made God about rules and God about church and God about pointing your finger and God about feeling horrible about yourself and everything else. But when God wanted to demonstrate his love, he did it as a child. Well, the last verse of that song is, said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. So we're going to read a passage from Luke. If I can find my Bible, there it is. Uh, Luke chapter 2. It's a familiar passage. You've heard it before. To hear what it was God was saying to us through this, through this birth. Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for her, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in a, him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them in the inn. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding the flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This is the word of the Lord for us this evening. Thanks be to God. What God was trying to do through the birth of Jesus Christ was to answer once and for all that question. Are you there? Do you care? Do you have power? Are you able to manipulate human events? Are you able to change my life? He, he answered that night by the giving of his son. What happened that night was not just some sweet little nativity scene. I love nativity scenes. They're great to see in the house. We buy them and there's, you can find little teeny ones and big ones and you see them out in yards. You see them in lights. You see them everywhere. They're beautiful. And it's great when we do our Christmas programs and the little kid dresses up like an angel and, and the jerky little kid that everybody hates is all of a sudden lovable and everything. That's, that's great. But that's not what the story is about. It wasn't a sweet little manger scene that happened that night. It it was beautiful, but it, it changed the world. It wasn't just some sweet, innocent thing. It turned the world upside down. In one night, with one birth, with one unwed mother who didn't know what she was doing, with one father who was just being obedient even though it made no sense, in a place that no one wanted to be, God took sin and the power of sin. He took evil and and violence and all the things of this world and said they no longer are in control. You didn't know it was about all of that, did you? We just thought it was about silent night. We just thought it was about pretty. When God wanted to answer the question, when God wanted to speak to us, when He wanted us to hear Him the clearest, He said it in a whisper. That works, doesn't it, parents? When kids are out of control, when, when, when you don't know how else to get their attention, if you want them to tune in, what do you do? It makes them pay attention. Sometimes they're too busy and they're going to miss it. If you're ever out at a dinner party, turn to the person next to you and start whispering. Before you know it, everyone is going to want to know what you're saying. Part of that is just because we're nosy. But when God wanted to get our attention, He whispered. And that whisper, don't, don't mistake whisper for powerless. That whisper was the most profound statement of power that ever was. See, this God who, who had created, who had made everything, was leaning in to a creation who had been leaning away from Him for years. He was saying, I am here. I have good news. The hopelessness that you feel, the, the meaningless that you feel, the sense of, 
of being lost, the sense of no direction, the sense of, of, of feeling alone, the sense of feeling like you don't know what's going to happen, I've got an answer for that. I have the answer for that. My question for you tonight is, have you listened to that? Have you heard it? And do not feel bad because that's perfect with what we're talking about. It was the cry of a baby that answered the question. That was his answer. That turns our whole idea about religion upside down, doesn't it? We thought the way to make God happy was to do more things better. We thought the way to make God happy was to be better than the person that sits next to us. But we've misunderstood God all along. His love has nothing to do with how much we accomplish. It has to do with how much we love Him. With how much we're willing to accept what He's already given for us. He knows you're screwed up. He knows you're broken. He knows you make mistakes over and over again. And in the midst of that, He leans leans in and says, I've got good news. I've got good news. You may want to argue with me and say, well, wait a minute. You're saying God whispered, but he, there was angels announcing it in a field with shepherds. Well, exactly. It was in a field with shepherds. Nobody liked those guys. Even the, even the exclamation point was a whisper because shepherds were not powerful people. Even in the yelling, it was still a whisper. You know why I think he does that? It's because Ultimately, what pleases God are, is our desire to, to listen. Our desire to trust Him. You can find that theme throughout the Scriptures. Abraham trusted God and it was counted to him as righteousness. David followed God obediently and therefore was seen as the man closest to God's heart. Moses, even though he stuttered, obeyed God, trusted Him, and became a great leader. What pleases God has nothing to do with how much you put in the offering plate, how many times you go to church. That's not the point. The point is, have you heard the voice? Have you accepted what He's done for you? You see, He didn't just change history for all mankind. He changed history for you. I want you to catch one phrase. Let me read it to make sure I, I get it right. It's in verse 11. He says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the city of David. Those are all religious words that we've gotten so used to where you don't even think about what they mean anymore. But I, I just want to pull out the first one there. He says, The Savior has been born. You might ask yourself, what is it we needed to be saved from? What is it that He is saving us from? Well, for that, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. We like to put on the mask. We like to parade around in in public to let people know that there's nothing wrong with us. 
We like to to put on a good show. We, even though life is crumbling around us, we like people to think that we've got it all together. But deep down inside, you know, I know about myself, you know about yourself, that we don't. In actuality, we're flailing, we're drowning in self-pity, in desperation, in hopelessness, in pain, in sorrow, in what, I don't know what it is for you, but we're all desperately flailing and what God says is, I've got the answer. I've provided you a Savior. It's no longer about what you can't do. It's about what I did for you. Ultimately, the the biggest question about Christmas is are you willing to accept what God did for you? It's different than what we ask about in religious circles. Instead of it being, what have you done for me lately? What God wants to hear is, are you willing to accept what He has done for you? Ultimately, this is an invitation. He says, I bring you good news. I've got the answer. You can have great joy. You can have forgiveness. You can have mercy. You can have hope, peace, everything you want. I have done it for you. I have provided it for you. The question is, are you willing to trust me? I pray that over this Christmas season, not just this Christmas season, I hope it starts tonight. But I hope for the rest of your life you chase that question. Are you willing to accept from an all-powerful, all-loving God that He did for you what you couldn't do for yourself? And I know it doesn't make sense. And I know you were looking for a different answer. And I know we've provided different answers in the church before, but we were we were wrong. Answer is a whisper.